as the crow flies on the Vance Crow Podcast. Dan Broadbent, welcome to the podcast. Hey. So, Dan, you are a uh, pretty radical change from the last person I had on. I had an ag economist from Purdue, even though you're from Indianapolis. And uh, before that, I had Lord Ridley of uh, the House of Lords over in England and uh, the chief technology officer for the largest, most powerful biotech company on the face of the earth, Rob Fraley. Now I'm having you on, and uh, that is because I think that you actually, out of all those people that I've mentioned, know how to attract the attention of people when they're trying to figure out how to think about things. And you speak to them in a language that they know and they understand. And you have a you have an incredible ability to do this. And it is evidenced by your enormous Facebook following. I, I think like one million people. And uh, I was saying on Twitter before we got on here that you don't give a fuck about the rules. And uh, like you you were banned at one point for putting up R.I.P. Harumbe memes. And uh, a lot of your stuff has to do with like cats and rockets and rainbows and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) So I wanted to bring you on because in this moment right now that we're going through coronavirus pandemic, and I think it's what, April 9th? Yeah. This is uh, a pivotal time in our our history. And I'm very interested in what it is that you think is going on right now, how serious it should be taken, and how should we think about moving on in a post-coronavirus world. So Thank you so much for coming on, man. This is a super exciting idea I had this morning. Yeah, yeah. I, I was also excited to hear that you were thinking about me uh, while you were in the shower this morning. So that's, uh, that's... I did. I called it a shower <laughs> thought. I said, dude, I got a shower thought. But that's because I wanted to get your attention because uh, you are a guy that is up on the pulse of things. So what do you think is going on with coronavirus right now? What, what's going on with you and your family? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about up on the pulse of everything, but... Uh, I don't know. It's for, for me personally, it's, uh, I mean, I, I work from my home already and, and have for over two years. So it wasn't, wasn't that much of a change for, for me, uh, other than, you know, my, my kids are home now and, and of course, uh, you know, my wife is home. Uh, but it's not really that much of a change. I haven't gone to the grocery in over two weeks. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, be, beyond that, it's not, uh, not much of a change that from, you know, keeping myself away from, from other people, I tend to do a good job of that <laughs> as it is naturally. Al- already. So in the past, did you, so how are you getting groceries? Are you ordering them online we, or what are you doing? We normally, I mean, normally we're pretty well stocked. So we, we have a lot of, had a lot of stuff in the freezer already to begin with. And my, my wife gets so annoyed with me because I normally would go to Kroger like every two or three days for something. And, uh, then she'd say, we have a ton of food in the freezer. You need to, we need to eat that. So, I mean, we, we just have a lot of food in general. Um, it's just right now we don't have food that <laughs> I necessarily want to eat. So, uh, so, and what do you have? Like when you say we're pretty stocked in the freezer, is it, you know, you have whole chickens oh, or you have, uh, just, I mean, just a lot of frozen vegetables. And, uh, I have, I got into, uh, dry aging meat uh, back in January. So I have some dry aged steaks 
uh, in the freezer right now. Uh, so I have a, I have a, uh, in New York strip, uh, subprimal right now in the fridge that I think I'd have to check. I think it's almost, it's been in there for about 40 days now. So it'll, it'll be ready here in about a week or so. So as far as eating around the, around the broadbent house, you guys, the coronavirus right now, it's, it's pretty good time. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty okay. That, I mean, but it, it's as far as I can tell from what people have said and pictures I've seen, the, uh, grocery store I go to here has been pretty cleaned out just, uh, like everywhere else, uh, that, you know, people talk about, uh, there's, you know, absolutely no toilet paper, paper towels at it. Of course, this is, like I said, two weeks ago. Uh, so I assume it's probably better now. Uh, but I don't want to go out in public. <laughs> I don't want to be around anybody. So, and right, and right now, um, how how secure are you that in two weeks there'll be food at the grocery store? It's just a, they're a little bit out right now. No, I'm not. I'm not worried at all about uh, the food uh, supply chain or or anything like that because I know. Uh, you know, just, I, again, just from what I've seen and, and uh, on the, as far as like news reports and what, the few things that I've heard, you know, executives of, of all these companies say, you know, that they're, they're still delivering and, and all that. I'm not worried at all that there's going to be any kind of food shortage or anything. So that's, that's super interesting to me, dude, because I, uh, you know me. So Dan and I, in full disclosure, we've known each other for years now, five years, something like that. Uh, like, uh, I know four, four years because I, I just, I, I looked up, uh, we first met, you were episode 12 on, on my podcast. And that was about four years ago, according to when I was website. director of millennial <laughs> engagement for <laughs> right. Monsanto. Right. So I've had a chance over those years since we met, I spent my time, uh, relentlessly traveling around meeting with farmers and people in agriculture and so I have this like unusual look into the food system. And right now we're doing fine on food, right? But I also am hyper aware that if you start messing around with any one of the levers, things start getting yeah. shut off and you can't just turn them back on. So when I hear you say you're really confident about it, I'm, I have to challenge myself to say, one, maybe Dan knows something I don't and he's much more confident because he can see the bigger picture or... Uh, I got to tell my buddy Dan that I think he's wrong and that he should think about this differently. How should I think about this? Um, man? I think, I mean, this is like, huh. see, I, I hate speculating like this because like, like I told you, I'm not an expert in anything. Um, I'm just interested in everything. Um, uh, so it, what do you do? Tell, tell the, tell the people that watch my stuff. <laughs> how is it that you derive an income? What I, do you do for a living? I don't know what I do if I can be, no, um, Basically, it's it's uh, I just do a lot. I've made a blog and it got pretty popular, and now it's kind of evolved into this uh, small like internet publishing company that I've partnered with. Um, and like like I was telling you before we started recording, uh, you know, we're planning on launching a new uh, social media website. The of course coronavirus has kind of thrown a wrench into 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 all that stuff. Just for a thousand reasons. So but, in, a, in effect, yeah. you have you, to, your business is 
you create content that people want to read and in exchange for reading that they see ads or uh yeah just like you, you could like, be sponsored by somebody yeah just like any any like washington post new york times they all have ads on you know facebook has ads you know it's, it's so it's just ad revenue uh from from people uh going to the uh articles uh, that we post so i also have i have some merch but i haven't really promoted that much much at all uh, and what is the content that you really focus on? Um, well, up until November of 2016, it was a lot of science and atheism stuff. It's shifted uh, quite a bit uh, towards politics, uh, like I said, since November of 2016. Uh, nothing special about that date, of course. Just just happened happened to get more political at that point. Um, but was it because everybody was talking about Trump? Just like everybody right I now is talking about coronavirus. I don't, I don't know. It, like I said, it's just a just a just a weird coincidence that that after the first Tuesday in November of that year, it just turned into a little bit more political uh, in nature. But but yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, that's 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 what I do. So I spent a lot of time watching and reading news and reading a lot of thoughts about people. And, um, like, like I said, I don't, I, I'm not an expert at anything, but I, I feel like I'm pretty well informed on most things or at least, Oh, at, dude, at least. there's no question. Like at different times in the last four years, I have called you up and been like, I don't understand what's happening here. Right. Like, <laughs> I went through that Jordan Peterson madness <laughs> right. with the people that, that were like, he is that, that man over there. The, the professor from the University of Toronto is, a, you know, a Nazi. And anybody that talks to him is also a Nazi. Plus, anybody that listens to them is also a Nazi. <laughs> and it was like, what the hell? Like people that I was friends with and I was able to call you and we talked about it and you were like, this is how mobs work. Well, this is and uh, well, and, and oh, go ahead. And, and and I think I also worked in there. I probably wouldn't have talked to Jordan Peterson, but that's just me. And but but also, I, I'm still talking to you, and and I don't think you're, you know, any 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 worse for wear or anything like that. But yeah, that's there's that was that was very interesting to me, and that's I, I don't know. I, I try to. What I what I try to do anytime something like that happens, I try to get inside other people's heads and figure out what they're thinking. And this is what gets I like. Of course, like a big thing for me is I promote atheism a lot, um, and so and, and that's one of the one of the things that I just fundamentally cannot understand how an otherwise rational, intelligent, smart person can 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 you know, just have this logical disconnect in, in this, in the, that one area and, and trying to figure that out is just fascinating for me. And so, and you can apply that to, you know, anything, you know, like that instance, uh, well, kind of uh, with, with Jordan Peterson or like what these people are thinking, why they're thinking that and, and, and like that. And so that's, I, I don't know. And, and so, I mean, a lot of what I do is kind of, interpret other people's ideas and thoughts, figure out like where I think gaps are in their logic or, or, you know, what, what might be missing and kind of piecemeal together everybody, you know, what I think is kind of the best idea or, 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 you know, what's happening uh, from there. So, you know, I, I think that one of the things that I like about what you, about watching how you describe science is one, there are things that I don't agree with, but, the thing that I like is you have figured out the same 
cadence as a comedian. A comedian <laughs> takes two ideas that you don't think are paired together mm-hmm. and then they show you how that is like those two things that you thought were unrelated are related and then everybody laughs and in laughing they say I get how you see those two things were related. Your comedy is that same way. That's what you're doing and yeah. I find it to be fascinating how you were able to tap into comedic and imagery and things like that to get your side to see something which i think is very interesting yeah it's it's uh, i mean obviously you know I'm, I'm friends with some comedians i i i like to laugh uh you know who doesn't like to laugh and i i think something something i picked up on probably you know in middle school was you know you'd, you'd hear something you hear a funny joke you know something from a professional comedian and it's you know, I, I don't know. It was middle school was about when I kind of realized that there's, you know, these comedians. Yeah, they're funny, but also like there's some sort like they're inserting their own ideology in, you know, in their in, and you see that now, especially with uh, and the, this might be controversial, like Dave Chappelle's special uh, on oh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and not I mean, again, not for everybody, and I don't necessarily agree with everything that that he said, but he's... Oh, I thought that thing was hilarious. Like, I I was sitting there (laughs) laughing my ass off, and it's because he was able to make things that you're like, ooh, you're not supposed to be talking about that. People get in trouble saying something like that. Right, right. I just just wanted wanted to be clear. I'm not necessarily endorsing everything uh, that, that he may or may not have said there. But, but yeah, I, and so you, you see that and it's kind of like the, the very first real like blog post I ever did was about uh, David Wolf or David Avocado Wolf and how I thought he, uh, you know, kind of hoodwinks people into, into uh, following him and, and spreading his propaganda is he. And for people who don't know, he is a guy that puts together the weirdest memes and videos. He's not different from like Carol Baskin, but for, for natural products. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people follow him and uh, he's and love him. Yeah. He, he, I guess he made, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, it's been so long since I've, paid any attention to, to him because again we have bigger fish to fry at this point i think but uh but yeah he he would make uh you know like feel good like happy memes like motivational like whatever or or more more often than not take somebody else's stuff slap his name on it and then and then repost it so he gets thousands thousands of shares from you know whatever like happy feel good like new age spirituality something you know whatever it is like that and then uh you know pull a one-two punch and hit you up with some you know hey this is why vaccines are you know doing xyz or causing you know maybe he says (laughs) vaccines cause coronavirus who knows I uh, wouldn't put it past him, but so, so you get, you get the one, you know, I started following this person because they had this uh, really, you know, fun, like motivational, whatever thing. And now I'm getting misinformation and it's almost subliminal messages or maybe kind of, it is yeah, subliminal kind of, messages. It's, it's, yeah, it's in, in, so that's, I saw that and really that's what I modeled myself after as far as like my, like how to grow my social media following was, to, to do, you know, you have funny science posts, memes, stuff like that, but then try to work in some serious stuff. And it's, of course, like I said, it's moved much more 
uh, I guess, serious or legitimate or I don't know, uh, it, you know, as of late, but I mean, that's, that's really, so, yeah. So if you're in this scenario, right. And you have this audience that comes back to you because they know we're going to get to hear something we kind of are already interested in that the subject matter itself is self-selecting. And then you've got people that they're going to hear what you're saying. Do you have people that disagree with you in these in these scenarios, or disagree with your perspective, and they ha- and they have a point? Do, do I? Um, well, the the short answer and the answer that I I want to think is correct is no, because <laughs> I'm always right, right? Uh, no, I mean, yeah. There's there's I I try to be extremely like I I, I have pretty bad anxiety. Uh, especially about writing. So I, I get really hot and really cold about, you know, sharing opinions. Uh, uh, but it is, I don't, I don't know. It's just when, when I write something, if I, if I think it's controversial or if I think it's, you know, gonna, gonna, cause you kind of know when you, when you put something out there, if something's going to blow up on you or not generally, um, and what does blow up mean? Uh, well, I can, the, this is, uh, thinking of probably one of the more explosive times. The, if you recall the, the, um, what's the school Covington high school, uh, this is January, 2019, the Covington high school kid, you know, making fun of the native American elder at the outside the Lincoln or what I think it was Lincoln Memorial. Do you, remember all that I'm, oh yeah okay. yeah yeah this will definitely the, my audience of a lot of agriculture would definitely definitely know okay that. well they they i they, this this might turn a lot of them off to me no uh, th- that's why we're talking man it's to hear a different or, perspective well so well no I, I i don't know who knows uh they're all over the place but uh but yeah so i said i think that happened i saw you know of course my feed was flooded with everybody because I have a lot of liberal friends or almost exclusively people who, who would be on the left. Um, and of course they're all saying, you know, how awful, how awful I, you know, but I of course want to see like, well, what actually happened and you're looking at it and you just see a kid like standing there, like, I don't know what to do. And he's got a camera in his face because of course everybody has a camera in their pocket now. And so, and then, but the narrative is, you know, he was, he was making fun of him. And so I came out, I posted, I, you know, it's probably like 2000 word article, uh, saying, Hey, this isn't right. And I think the headline was something like what the media got wrong about the MAGA hat kid or something. And it was one of my most, Whoa, yeah. dude, you spike in the ball. Yeah. And, and, uh, of course, you know, my following is mostly people on the left because I, I think I'm very left leaning uh, with most of my ideas. Uh, but people didn't like that, <laughs> of course, because they they don't want to be people don't want to be told that they're wrong about something. Because people don't want to think that they've been been tricked or misled or anything. And so I came out and said that. Of course, I got tons of pushback about it. But you know, not everything they said was you know, either not addressing the actual issue or they were repeating things that other people have said. It was such a, that in, in particular just was such a great microcosm of, of everything that's happening with social, like the social media and, and just how 
I mean, look at me. Anybody can make a website and anybody can get clicks to their website. Uh, you know, so, so it's, it's just that itself. The you thing know, that, fascinating you've, that me, you've but, yeah. pulled, the thing that you've really wrapped your arms around is how to be up on the pulse of what's going on in the world and how to articulate your point of view so that people at least see value in listening to it. And like, I've got a, I've got a question for you about vaccines and coronavirus because I tried to start a conversation about what kind of testing would need to be done before we would view this vaccine as ready for prime time or even mandatory. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if it should be mandatory. I don't know if this is an easy thing to do or a really complicated thing to do. But I also know that there are people that are afraid of vaccines and people that are in the midst of a global pandemic, which they are also afraid. We should be talking about how do you get people ready to make a change like a national vaccine in a way that they say this is this is a good idea. This is what I need. This is the right thing to go. I think what's so. So, of course, I've seen and posted and shared uh, a lot of memes about how. You know, we're not hearing anything from anti-vaxxers right now or, or hey, anti-vaxxers, this is the world without a vaccine. Imagine, you know, without polio and MMR and, and all that. Um, it kind of reminds me almost of uh, something uh, uh, Dr. Kevin Fulcher said before that, um, you know, we, we have a lot of people who are anti-GMO right now and, and uh, you know, what it's going to reach a point where people, you know, just just based on climate change and just a myriad of factors that people are, are going to have to have a GMO. And uh, I, I'm probably poorly paraphrasing him here uh, from something he said a few years ago. But the, the real change with, you know, the public opinion on GMO is going to happen when people can't go to the grocery store and buy an orange because – you know, the citrus screening, or they can't go to the store and buy a banana uh, because of uh, the problems they're, they're having with, uh, I forget what it is. Uh, but that's going to be a changing point where people are going to say, well, I want an orange. I want orange juice, but I, I well, guess I have it's to. Mom- it's moments of deprivation where the Overton window opens up. You mm-hmm. know, the things when right now, when everything's good, you can have whatever opinion you want because your opinion doesn't actually impact whether or not you have oranges because they keep showing up. But if you have something like a global pandemic and what was normal is now all of a sudden not normal, now there are way, way more opportunities for new ideas to come into society. And the people sitting on the side of fear think that the answer will be for everyone that vaccines are the right decision. And that probably is the right decision when we get there. But if you just assume you're going to be able to force it on them after they've been unemployed for a month or three months or locked in their houses, like yeah, I don't, things are, we need to be talking about it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and that, that's what I was going to, I think most people who, who are either, you know, whatever on the fence about vaccines means, uh, you know, people who are on the fence about vaccines or whatever, I think they're, they're going, they're looking at the numbers right now and saying, Oh, well, this is, this is, this is not great. And I guess I can do that. You know, I guess, I I guess this is one that I can do. And, and my, my hope at least is that more, more often than not, you're, we're going to have those anti-vaxxers 
or people who, who otherwise oppose vaccines say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this one at least, even if it's, even if that's the only one they ever get, I mean, that's, that's better than nothing, but uh, I think they're going to, I think it's going to take even, even, I don't know, like, I don't know how that works. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's, I mean, Dan, I'll tell you that my, the reason that I'm talking with you about this is because I brought this thing up of like, what do you think the public needs to know to feel safe? And people were like, how dare you even ask this question? And I'm like, Hey, people are going to make a decision whether it's time to send their kid back to school or not. Well, They're yeah, going to make know, decisions yeah, I know, on how I know, I know. I know me, my, my 10 year old is, was signed up to play soccer this spring and they kept pushing it back, kept pushing it back, obviously. And now they said, well, we're going to start the season in mid May. And I was like, bullshit. You are, you're not, you're, you know, we're not moving on in a month from this is going to be like, we'll, we'll, I, I, I'm of the opinion that we will, it's probably a 50 50 shot if we're going to have, if schools are going to be open, uh, you know, my, my kids do year round. So they, they're going to go back in July or supposed to go back at the end of July. Uh, but you know, I think we'd be doing, I think it's about 50 50 if schools are going to open and, you know, come August, like they normally would, uh, just because we, we won't have a vaccine until, you know, at the earliest, uh, you know, early 2021, uh, you know, but I think from what I've been reading, and again, I, I need to qualify everything I'm saying here by saying I am not a doctor. This is not medical advice. I'm not an immunologist. I am, I am, I am nothing like that. But from everything that no, you're a guy reacting to what you're reading, right? right? Like this is what we're all trying to figure out: is what would it take for us to know that society is safe to go back into to send your children I think, into? I think what the big thing is going to be the antibody testing and being able. Well, number one, we need to know. We, we still have poor access just to the coronavirus tests in general. Uh, so that that's number one. That's that a problem. We don't know where it is. And, and you keep seeing, like, you look at the, the chart and you can see that there's fewer now uh, getting diagnosed and, and even deaths are starting, starting to go down at least. But when you look at that, see everything, everything with about data, uh, the data that's being thrown out there is just so like there's so many caveats and the caveats have caveats. So we see most of the deaths and, and infections have been in New York. Now we're starting to see like Louisiana, Michigan supposedly is having is supposed to have as most uh, fatalities today from it. So I it's it's going to happen in different places. It's going to be all over. And I, I, I still don't think that we've really seen what's going to happen. I don't I don't. I think it's a little too uh, optimistic to think that, hey, this is, you know, we're reaching the peak, you know, maybe this week or like I saw like on CNN today, they said Easter Sunday should be the peak uh, for nationwide uh, daily deaths uh, will be the peak on Easter Sunday. I don't I think that's that's very optimistic because what's going to happen is. Like like you're saying, we're going to see see infections come down. They're already starting to come down. We're going to see infections go down, so they're going to go back. You know, start the long return to back to normalcy, and then we're going to have a second wave, and then we're going to have a third wave and a fourth wave, and uh, uh, you know. And so here here's a good question, Dan. If you uh, if I do say so myself, this is one I'm really interested in. If you're a children's school was set to go back in May 
and you had not seen the symbols that you thought that you wanted to, the signals in the market that you thought would help make it so everybody knew that it was safe, would you start using your blog platform to to uh, try and gather your community support around that? Like, how would you use the thing that you know how to do best, grab attention? How would you stop them from going back to school if you thought it was too early? Uh, I mean, it that's that's uh, that's such a loaded question. Um, I mean, I I can only again, I can only speak to myself, my family situation, and, and everything. I nobody in my family has any sort of uh, you know health issues. We don't no no immune disorders or anything like that, at least that we know of. And and so everybody in, in my family and even uh, on my uh, access side uh you know they're they're all healthy and and no no complications like that um so we are not worried about i mean and and of course you know it's basically ignoring kids for for the overwhelming majority of kids it's you know nothing to them um at least for young kids and and you know we would be fine if if we got it more than likely we would be a rough couple of weeks um, I know, but we, we would make it out on the other end. Uh, but it's, I don't want to go through that. And also more importantly, I don't want to, to know that, you know, I, cause if I get it, I'm probably going to give it to, I'm not going to know for two weeks that I got it. So I, you know, I very easily, you know, could give it to, to somebody else. And that, that is what terrifies me more than anything is not that I would get it, but that I would get it, not know it, give it to somebody else. And then that person, you know, could have an immune deficiency and could have, you know, a rougher go at it or, or, you know, and even, even if you do go to the hospital and, you know, you get, uh, uh, you know, go on a vent, that's not something where, you know, they pull you off the vent, you know, well, number one, 20%, only 20% of people are getting taken off events, uh, and are alive. So, but number two, the, you know, those people, when they come off event, that's not, that that's does a lot of damage to your lungs. Um, I know, you know, you're not going to, you're going to talk funny for a, a long time. So there's so many things that go along with that. So none of that, like I, I Again, I'm, it's a lot of words to say. I'm terrified. It's a very because, high risk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very clear that with the level of fidelity with which you can describe what you think will happen, that's that shows what you've paid attention to and said, hey, this is this is a scary thing and people should be aware of going back too early or exposing yeah, and, yourself too early. And, and so in Indi- I feel like my state of Indiana has done the governor here. Uh, he's Republican and I do not like anything about him. Um, but he, as far as this, this crisis has gone, I feel like he's done a very good job of staying on top of it, staying ahead of it. He closed schools, uh, you know, I think earlier than most state, other states did canceled the rest of the, the school year earlier. So I, ha- I have a lot of confidence in my state's, uh, handling of this and, and how the, my local states, uh, policies have, have been tor- towards it uh it's uh the the na- yeah i don't we, we could talk we, we we can talk about the national response that's uh, the federal response that's another another podcast i think but uh yeah i, I 
that's all, all that. Do you, all that so is, maybe, maybe a good question to ask you about national, instead of going into any kind of granular detail, mm-hmm. when you saw the, the war powers act or whatever, the defense act being invoked so that now you can have the president tell different companies what to produce. What did you think of that? Um, too little, too late. And he, he didn't, I mean, I don't even know that it's actually like he's, he said it's been used, but there hasn't really been any, anything done with that. At least as far as what I've seen, um, he, there's not been any, any like, yes, like GM and, and, and Ford said they're going to make ventilators, but those ventilators won't like the, they won't be able to ramp up production until like mid May or something. And we're supposed to have the peak in a week. So it's kind of like, well, why that we don't really, we, you know, really it's, it's the protective equipment that, that we need right now. And, and just, just every everything every- i so i worry about it from a different angle my my concern about it was if you start telling gm to start producing ventilators then they're not producing say the chassis on ambulances and nobody is and you don't realize that you have this other challenge that's going to need to be met because of how much the ambulances are running that's just a wild example yeah. Is there a challenge with getting involved in centrally moving the the pieces around? I mean, I, I, I again, I'm not a political expert or anything like that. I mean, obviously, there's you know there there's going to be difficulties. I I think the the idea of having GM do that. Well, number one, GM just wants the positive uh, PR you know, coming, coming off of that, obviously, but, um, also, you know, it puts, gets people, you know, you can't do factory work from home. So it gets people back working, uh, with, you know, which is, which is good if, as long as they're healthy and, you know, they're following all the guidelines like that. But I don't know. It's, it's the, the, I don't know. It's just interesting. And, and I don't know what the answer is here and I'm not going to pretend to know the answer. I, 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 I just feel like the the protective equipment is such a such an easier uh, problem to solve than building a ventilator or building ventilators like that, and such a more pressing issue to protect our medical workers who who are getting sick and dying. Uh, you know, some because they don't have the the right equipment, or they're being told to do you know to reuse equipment, and like you know, like you can just see like all these all these health professionals on social media saying if you know if i did this on my own like a year ago i would have been fired like on the spot but now i'm being told to do you know just to wear the same same mask all day and i don't know it's it's uh i don't know it's 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 a such a there it's such a shitty situation that could have been uh, you know, can't, couldn't have been prevented because, of course, uh, you know, nobody, nobody created the virus. Nobody, you know, wanted it to spread and, and nobody wants anyone to die from it, obviously. But when when we, you know, the, the intelligence agencies were briefed the White House about about this issue or the risk or the possibility of this particular virus, I believe at the end of November, 
So they've known now for, you know, how many months and they didn't do anything until March, really. And even then, what have they done other than steal uh, equipment that states have ordered? I mean, I think this is going to be such a fascinating history book to write because you're going to have all these different countries that reacted in different ways to the exact same event that impacted that that hit at, you know, starting in December. Did you react back then or January or February? And we're going to see which one reacts the best. And, And with the whole picture, right, when you think about the economy included with the the um disease it's going to be really interesting because there's so many different ways that countries have done this and which ones have bounced back first and would our citizens have allowed those reactions to have happened i i am very very interested in uh how history plays out do you think that um do you think that enough people no i don't want to i don't want it to be a leading question I think that the people that are sitting at home that can derive an income are much, much less concerned about being shut out of the economy than the people that um, were restaurant and and bar workers or hotel workers who don't have a paycheck coming in. And if they're not working, then they're completely reliant on the government. At what point do those people start um, pushing back on the fact that they've been put on in home quarantine? Uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I know. I mean, I, I, I know that I, and I, I say it all the time, like how privileged I am to be able to do what I do. And essentially, you know, I've been uninterrupted or at least my, you know, my basic operation has been, un- I know people making more money than they've ever made before because they're so busy. Certain, certain work where they're, they're so busy, the phone's ringing yeah. off the hook and they're running 18 hours a day. Yeah. And, and, and I can't even begin to imagine being, you know, you know, you know, a restaurant worker who's, who's been like, you know, I know, I know restaurants are still open delivery, whatever, but you know, you don't need servers. You don't need, you know, um, but I think, I think it's also, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting because I, you know, I read a little bit of, you know, what, uh, people say about the economy and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. It, it's, it's just such a, like, even, even people who normally have all the answers don't have any idea, you know, what's going to happen or ha- how to fix this. And so it's, it's just so, it's interesting. And this is, this is completely divorcing myself from any like emotion or like trying to, you know, try to look at, looking at it from a hundred thousand feet. It's such an interesting time to see, all these different ideas coming out and, and literally history being made. You know, we talk about the 1918 Spanish Spanish flu uh, infection, and everybody knows that. Now we're going to talk about the 2020 coronavirus. You know, a hundred years from now, they're going to talk about talk about this time. So it's just it's interesting to 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 see that all this all this stuff happening, and to see all these all these smart people who who you think normally would have the answers or at least be close to the answer and like none of nobody knows anything they all have ideas and you know of course they they're all hesitant to share their ideas because they don't <laughs> you know they, they know how the internet works and they don't want to be shown to be wrong who are people that you would trust if they said this is what i think is coming out of the economy right now or this is where i think in july is going to be happening who, who would you trust in that i don't <laughs> i don't know that i 
would trust anyone. <laughs> that's not, I know that's not a, wow. that's not a good answer because nobody, because wow. no, nobody knows. And, and it's, I mean, it's, it's such a unique problem that, cause you have people comparing it to the great depression, you know, you know, where the great depression peak unemployment was 24.9%. And I think last week we got to four or four and a half or something. And I thought, I think there's new numbers that came out today, but I haven't, I haven't seen them. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just such a, there's so many, like every, like you talked about, uh, earlier, you know, you pull one lever and now you've changed the settings on 50 different other levers. So there's, there's no right answer. And this is, I mean, the case with most everything, including, including democratic presidential candidates, you know, nothing, you, you know, you, sometimes life is just a choice of you have a shitty option and a shittier option. And so you want to go with the less, the least shitty option available, which is probably going to hurt people in some way. But you have to, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because you, you know, especially, especially well, so- sending people back, sending people back to work. Yes. You know, the government cannot, cannot pay for, you know, everybody's salary for you know the rest of the year but but also you send people back to work you're all, almost literally sending people to die you know so there's with you know without any without a vaccine without any without you know just not even antibody testing just testing to know where the virus is where you know and and or even even this is another moving part. You're not, when you do a test, you're not seeing where the virus is now. You're seeing where the virus was two weeks ago because it takes two weeks for, you know, uh, thereabouts for symptoms to show up. So you're not even, you're not even seeing in real time. And so all it takes is one person can spread it easily, go back to work, spread it, you know, depending on where they work, you can spread it to four people, five people, you can sp- spread it to 50 people. And and then now you're gonna have Dan. To- have you been out in a car? Like, uh, have you driven around at all? I did the other day, and I was like, "Whoa, this is not what I was expecting." Uh, what, what did you have? Have you been out in a car? I so we went to there's a there's a, a hiking park maybe five minutes from my house, and we went there on Monday. And there, and I know my wife. Uh, she likes to just go out and drive on country roads. Uh, and so she did that on Sunday and she said it felt like typical Sunday traffic. And, uh, she went through, she drove through a, a state park about an hour from here just because it's, it's a gorgeous state park and, uh, said that there's people like it, it it's <laughs> as mountainous as Indiana can get, uh, there, you know, there's some, some big Hills and overlooks and stuff. And she said, there's, you know, 20 people easily, gathered up at these overlooks like in a crowd like not separated and so do you think those people are are um harming the opportunities of of others yeah, to get out absolutely. eventually or to absolutely. have this curve a- anybody anybody who is not staying at home right now and who obviously essential workers you know they're doing their thing because they're essential but anybody uh like me who is not an essential worker who is not you know doesn't have to go to a hospital to, to work or, or whatever, who is, who is still acting business as normal, having people, you know, come over, hang out their house, going out, uh, in groups and meeting up with friends. Those people are delaying 
our return to normalcy. There's no question about that because yes, I would love, like I have, I've not gone anywhere besides the, the, the park uh, to go on a hike with my wife with whom I live and nobody else was with us. Uh, You know, I've not gone anywhere in two and a half weeks, uh, you know, at all. That's grocery or, or anything. So, you know, it, so what I, are the conditions under which people should be allowed out of that? Because as I, I mean, my wife and I do not make contact with other people. We've organized for groceries to be delivered. Mm-hmm. We um, socially distance, but the, the there comes a point where people um, want to leave their houses and they want to get out. What line do we draw now to say this is what the conditions would have to be well, it's, in order that it's not illegal to meet? It's it's it, it like I said it com- it comes down to to knowing who who is who has immunity it, because what's going to happen is if you know we're going to see cases go down and you know Trump wants to see f- stadium NFL stadiums full of full of fans. And like you said, like three or four or five days ago, whatever. And so what's what all, all it takes is one person. You have one person in a stadium of 50,000 people. They, that one person easily is going to infect a hundred people, you know, easily just touching common surfaces, just sneezing on, you know, uh, you know, anything like that. My so impression was that, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. So is it that it's that you have to have the antibodies test? I that um, I mean I'm 100 percent with you in regards to it is an infectious disease and that it is something I'm that glad, has I'm the potential to overwhelm infectious disease. That's I, that was like no, and I mean I mean like <laughs> I mean that it's that it's R yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. No, so I'm you know joking. one person being able to to get four people infected is more infectious than the flu. Yeah. So I get that. The only thing that I wonder is if you don't give people a line to look forward to. So if it's the antibodies test, then you can start telling people, hey, when we get the antibodies test, if you test it positive, you can go out. Now, are people allowed to then go and have a coronavirus party so that that way they can get sick, get through it, and then start working? Because that would be what would be keeping them from being a part of the economy. See, that's I, I, I had that thought myself was I should just go out and just like start licking windows and stuff and just get this thing and get it over with just because it's such an existential, uh, you know, fear of, you know, it's coming and, you know, the everybody says you have, you know, you know, more than 50% of, of us will get it. Um, and, and so it's like, well, I'll just get it, get it over with. And Hey, if, you know, if it's before the, you know, the surge, at least if things get real bad for me, I'll at least have access to a hospital. It literally was my thought for like, yeah, if you're the first one in the hospital, (laughs) then you, you get like all the nurses and doctors that have been waiting for you. That was my thought. The downside is you don't, you don't have the 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 testing to figure out what works to help people get better, whether hydrochloroquine is or it isn't. You want to know that answer before you get sick. Well, yeah, and and, and of course, like I, I just wanted to, to say, I had that thought for about half a second until I said, "No, Dan, that's really stupid. Don't do that." Um, unless unless you're rolling the dice and you're saying this is a hundred sided dice, and only one of them equals death. Uh, now the other ones have some bad stuff. But if I get to work earlier, I'm going to get the best jobs. I'm going to get the most hours. I'm going to get to work in the freest situation we've ever had where they're like, anybody that can show up gets to do work. 
the, it's an enticing thing and people shouldn't uh, overlook the economic interest in people saying, I want to go get sick as fast as possible because I want to be on the other side of this Corona baptism. Yeah. Uh, see, it, like, like I said, it's, it's a situation where you have shitty options and then shittier options. So you just, ha- you have to, you know, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's, it's why we elect people, <laughs> you know, it's why we have a uh, CDC and NIH to, to, to make those decisions. And then, and then, you know, people like me to sit back and say, well, they did that all wrong and what a bunch of idiots. But yeah, I mean, I, I really think it's, it, it, I don't know, because like, like I said, it's, it's going to be a situation where we send people back to work or even if we, you know, just do like a, you know, three day a week thing or whatever it is, you send people back, somebody is going to have it. Like you look at what, ha- what's happening on uh, the, with the Navy and, and all the cases they have on, on these ships where, you know, one person gets it and, and how even the uh, comfort in New York city had one of the, one of the staff on the, on the ship, came down with it supposedly did not have any patient contacts supposedly you know nobody nobody else on on the ship is showing symptoms or or no, no the other uh, uh sailors uh that is uh are showing symptoms and but it's like well now you know, like it's 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 everywhere and it's it's it's, I it's, mean, it's, here's, it's, here's it's the jurassic th- park life finds a way thing where it's it, it's uh, I, I used to work on a cruise ship and uh i was in a situation where we had a disease going through there. It wasn't Norwalk and they didn't uh, quarantine our ship, but it was like something pretty bad. And uh, that was terrifying because ships are Petri mm-hmm. dishes. So are nursing homes. That's a really scary situation. So are prisons and jails. Mm-hmm. And these people being upset about um, having to release those prisoners, like you got to remember that a lot of those people in prison, they have the comorbidities. They are they are older. Well, they, they are were, way overweight. They right? They're not they were sentenced to you know a year or two or three for a nonviolent crime. They weren't sentenced to death, so it doesn't make sense to keep them in a place where that you know they might they they might die. They have a non-zero chance of of dying from this. And if you can do something to even if even if it's if it's you know, you say, well, this is, you know, you're, you're out, you know, you're on house arrest now and, you know, it's not counting towards your, your actual, you know, so I don't know how they, how they did that. But I, I also but, have to say this. I think if you're going to let prisoners out and you're in a situation where the police are saying we're going to roll back what we're enforcing as far as laws, then you're at, you're telling the citizenry in order to not let these people die because they're under our care. You have to take your own care into your, into your space. Like you have to be much more mindful because we're not going to have uh, police officers. Like it's already happened in the city of St. Louis where you have 30% more burglaries than they've had before. None of them have been violent, but Burglary, you have a situation where you why, have less. Why aren't, why aren't people home? Right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's that was that's but, I, I understand that burglars can break in in the middle of the night, so that that was supposed to be a joke. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. There's no, there's no, nobody knows. Anybody who says that they know what is going to happen or anything like that is is either a psychic, which you know they don't exist, or they're lying. And it, it's just such a, I don't know. They, like I said, there's there's no right answer to to anything here. 
Well, that is why I've been trying to find as many different people from as many different points of view. I have two questions left for you, Dan, because I could talk all afternoon. Um, but uh, the first one is, um, where do you think the world is in two weeks? What's different about the world? Today is April 9th, April 9th, 2020. Two weeks from today, what do you think the world looks like? Um, I mean, I think, I don't know about the, the world, uh, but I know... For us, I think I think it's. I don't see how it's not more of the same. Like I like I, I told you earlier, my you know kids soccer league was planning on starting back up in uh, you know middle of May, and I told my told my ex he's not doing soccer at all, like this this summer or probably not even this fall because it you know it. it just doesn't make any sense to to do that and now if you know hopefully something changes and some you know somebody with with it as many resources and and countries and and just absolutely brilliant scientists uh you know putting their their full weight into addressing this issue i i have to imagine that sometime in the next few weeks, there's going to be something. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a hydrochloroquine or azithromycin or whatever dumb bullshit Trump is pushing. But it's somebody, somebody somewhere. It just almost like law of averages. Somebody somewhere is going to find something, and it's either you know they they have to because what's what's the alternative? Well, that is uh, seems like a very hopeful position because you have uh, a big belief in science and somebody making a discovery. Or in another way, it's kind of like, what are you doing to prepare for if things don't go the way you hope they will? So you have this time right now. The final question is, how are you spending your time right now preparing for a post-coronavirus yeah. well, world? Well, um, I spent, I think, I, I mean, I, well, I don't think I know. I spent a lot of my time leading up to, I guess, when kind of everybody felt like kind of realized, oh shit, this is a problem and, and everything. I, I put a lot of energy into saying, Hey, this is coming. This is coming. This is coming. This is coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. This is going to be bad. Um, you know, we're in, I remember, uh, like I said, you know, we're going to hit, you know, a thousand deaths a day, you know, at, at this point, we're going to see, you know, this, we're going to see, you know, tens of thousands of deaths from this and everybody um, almost, it, it, well, I should, I should say from, from the beginning, it, it was interesting to see the decline of people like yelling at me saying I'm fear mongering and whatever, as like, you know, what I was saying kind of played out. And, and so I think where I, and I'm getting off track now, but I, uh, you know, I think we're at a point where everybody kind of realizes how serious it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was, that was my, my thing was, I, I just wanted to do what I could to kind of mentally prepare other people to, to, to kind of endure, <laughs> you know, what, what's happening here, not, not just endure what's happening, but also to just stay the fuck at home, uh, because that's really the biggest thing. To, that that they can do is is to do nothing and go nowhere be around no one uh, so i i didn't really like with think like reading all that thinking about it, I, I didn't really 
think about myself <laughs> much at all, like what I would do to maintain my sanity when, you know, I can't, you know, see my friends and, and family and my kids had a two week spring break. They were supposed to go to my parents' house. Uh, obviously I'm not sending them <laughs> or we didn't send them to my parents' house because I don't want my parents to die from this uh, in case they had it. So, uh, but I think the biggest thing people can do right now is what I've been relying on. Find a hobby. The weather is getting nice. Uh, I've been doing yard work. I really get into woodworking. It's not a great time since I can't exactly go to Home Depot, uh, you know, and buy, you know, whatever, I, whatever I need. Uh, but I mean, the weather today, it's, it's amazing, you know, go outside, you know, by yourself or with your spouse or, girlfriend or boyfriend or, or whatever, you know, somebody that you live with, you, you know, you can do that, but not in groups. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you can do to kind of have like a pseudo normalcy, uh, while still being vigilant, uh, and, and, you know, treating everybody that is around you or anybody that you see as if, as if they're, they're caring and they, and, you know, they don't know because of course nobody wants to, to, to spread it, so but. Dan, are you planting a garden or anything? Are you gonna are you gonna grow any crops? Are yeah, you gonna I got and- um, I got tomatoes. I I waited too late to start them, but I started tomatoes. Um, I think a little over a week ago. Um, oh, there's still plenty of time. A week ago is fine. Well, You'll be good. I, I, I would have liked for them to be to be actually growing by now and 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 uh, almost almost ready to go into the ground. I think. In, in a week and how much produce are you hoping to pr- procure there oh i i have i have no idea um i think i will i i have fairly small yards so i in the garden isn't that big either so i think i'll only be able to get maybe 10 tomato plants in the ground and i'll have i'm gonna have some basil because um, my my favorite favorite like side dish is tomato uh, grape tomatoes cut up with uh, mozzarella pearls and uh, fresh basil that's been chopped and balsamic vinegar. It is like the best thing because it's cheese and tomato. Well, man, and- it, I, I will be looking for a photo of you sending that and uh, hopefully with a bunch of friends this summer when uh, the tomatoes are all grown and everybody's out of their houses. So yeah, we'll um, see. I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up for now. Thank you so much, man. You uh, you have a very different perspective on the world than I do. And it was awesome <laughs> to hear about how things are going. And s- sorry that things are uh, that uh, things are rough right now, but we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.